You're listening to the LaunchCast, your favorite podcast on the planet, brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios with me, your host, George Andriopoulos. We're talking leadership, business, life, and growth right now as the countdown starts. It's like food for your ears. At this time, I'm going to ask that you fasten your seatbelts. Launch sequence. Launch sequence activated. Launch sequence activated. Five. Four, three, two, one. Woo! Hey, hey, everybody! Welcome to the launch cast. Episode 404, this one's called Run DMC. Not that one, not that DMC. You're going to find out why in a couple of minutes. I am so happy to have you guys back. Season 4 is rolling and we are still here with our deep dive leadership interviews. But before any of that, we got some business to take care of. It's the launch dad himself, George Andriopoulos, bringing you your favorite podcast on the planet. Leadership, business, life, growth. Right now, as the beat drops. See, my my guest is in the green room, sipping on green tea, bopping away to the LaunchCast theme song. What is happening, everybody? George Andriopoulos back for another week, another season. I am so happy to have you guys back here. We have some some... Really, really big stuff going on. So I'm going to do a little bit of housekeeping before we bring our guest on. We are right now in the midst of getting ready for our first event at Speak, over at Speak. So episode 403, I I took a dive into that pretty deeply. And our guest today, actually, actually, uh, he and I have done some speaking work together. You'll find find out about that in a little bit. Um, But Speak happening November 17th. Um, tickets will probably, by the time you hear this, tickets will be gone, but I want you to please, please support this platform. These talks are going to be out shortly after our event happens. And we have such, such big, uh, goals for, for this platform and what it's going to do for not only our speakers, but for our audience, we're trying to provide, we're trying to provide something that's not out there in the market, um, and that was really the impetus to starting this this whole whole platform. We saw that there were other platforms out there that are amazing and and imp- talks that are so important. But I, I guess the way I look at it is that, um, and I said this in my keynote uh, at the last TEDx Farmingdale event. I guess the way I look at it is that not every talk fits inside of of a box, right? So you have TED. We have that big red dot that everybody stands on. Imagine a TEDx talk looking like a, a big red circle, right? But some people's talks are squares, some are triangles, some are hexagons. And although you can squeeze them inside of that circle, they don't necessarily fit perfectly. So this this brand, this platform, you know, it's for for the speakers out there that have something to say. And yeah, maybe they fit in those other platforms, but maybe they don't. And this platform really gives them the freedom to to talk about these impactful things that have happened to them, to tell some really important stories uh, and and to touch the audience with 
with those stories and impact them. So I'm excited. More coming. Uh, you know, we we have a couple of big announcements with Speak coming up uh, after that event. But right now, the reason you are here for my guest. So I'm going to do the the quick bio here. My guest today. David M. Corbin. David is a two-time Wall Street Journal best-selling author who has been referred to as the Robin Williams with an MBA, as Robin Williams with an MBA, because of his very practical, high-content speeches coupled with real-life entertaining and sometimes side-splitting, and I could attest to this, stories and applications. He's known as the mentor to mentors, and he's advised, mentored, and guided many luminaries in the fields of leadership professional speaking, consulting, entrepreneurship, and business strategy. Um, We're going to get into all of the stuff like his numerous books, Illuminate the Negative, Preventing Brand Slaughter, Psyched on Service, From Change Victim to Change Master, The Illuminated Brand. That's the big one. We're going to get into all that, but first, let let me bring that handsome face up on screen. There he is. Hello, my friend. Howdy. Howdy. He's, st- he's still blurry. The internet is against us today, but it doesn't matter. You're, you're probably listening to us anyway, so it doesn't matter. David, thank you for being here, my friend. I'm, I'm so, so happy and humbled to have you on the show. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. I'm actually happy to, to, uh, to, to team up with you in sharing some ideas here that some entrepreneurs, some individuals can really cash in on because tick-tock, tick-tock, the clock is ticking. And we got to get some results going on here. So I'm excited to drop some and hopefully people will pick them up. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive right into it. So, David, uh, you know, the, the show, the, the through line of the show is leadership. And really the goal of this um, is to showcase these unconventional journeys to leadership that the leaders like yourself on our show have had. And, you know, maybe an audience member out there that's an aspiring entrepreneur or an entrepreneur that's in it right now in the thick of it. Here's your story. And I know there's so many parts of the story that I can relate to, but here's your story and goes, wow, like he went through that. I'm going through that right now. Maybe I can achieve what David has achieved. So let's, let's dive right in right now. The first question we always ask our guest, David, are you a leader? Well, hell yeah. Talk to me about that. Well, you know, a leader ain't a leader unless he's got a follower. She ain't a leader unless she's got a follower. That's by definition. And happily uh, in my career, I've uh, created a whole lot of folks that, that, that follow me. Now, they don't follow me around, um, but they, they, they're there. They're consistently there listening, getting ideas, coming back and going, oh, oh man, I tried that. It was awesome. Or, ooh, ooh what if I did this? And, and you know, there's a, there's, I, I mentor mentors. And the most luminary of those mentors have something in common. And that is... <clears throat> They took an idea from me, they went out and did it, and they came back and said, what's next? And that's a true leader, taking action on ideas from mentors and the like. And so by definition, because indeed I have followers, I would say, yeah, yeah I'm a leader. Yeah, so I want to I take a different look at that. So, you know, we've had, God, I don't even know how many episodes and guests we've had um, to date, but that answer is always just a little bit different and there are certain elements that transcend uh, across every definition so i'm going to go in a different direction with you since you are a mentor to mentors and i met you through a mentee of yours the great greg reed um who who introduced us and uh you know 
I find it one of the one of the toughest things that I deal with, and and we'll kind of get into this even with TEDx Farmingdale, uh, where you spoke a couple of weeks back. It's always tough for me to work with a person like yourself, let's say, right? So you you came to our stage at TEDx Farmingdale, um, an open book and willing to not only help to mentor some of our other speakers, but to be a student in the same sense, you know? And, and only because, look, I've done this a few times. I've put a bunch of people on this stage. I know this stage pretty well, and I know what works, what doesn't work. And so I do always ask people, hey, can you come to this with a student mentality and, and dive in like that? But I, I got to say, that's probably one of the hardest things I can deal with in this kind of setting where somebody who is so experienced and is a mentor to others takes that approach with me. And it's humbling. It's so humbling to deal with a person like you that takes that student approach for a minute and then takes that advice and just blows it out of the water. How does that work for you when you are a mentor to other mentors? What is that dynamic like? And have you ever had any trouble in sort of um, developing that dynamic? Well, um, that's that's a big question, and, and it's a really cool question. So, thank you for that. Let me cut you off. That's the only kind of fucking question we have here, my friend. Only big <laughs> questions. Go ahead. So, so here, here's the deal, and I'm not surprised that nor am I blowing smoke there. So, there's a big, big thing there. Two words: beginner's mind. Beginner's mind. Beginner's mind is the breakfast of champions. It is correlated with the individuals who are the uh, the disruptors. Uh, the innovators, the individuals who are in, in, involved in Kanai, which is continuing and never-ending improvement. So beginner's mind. So hell yeah, I'm going to approach beginner's mind. Now, has it been a problem? Oh, yeah. You know, there's this thing called testosterone, you know, and testosterone is, you know, it's like, man, we know everything and we'll, we'll let you know we know everything. It's like, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's some of that, you know, the ego component of it that we all must identify not fight, acknowledge, appreciate it, bless it, and move, have it move on at, at, at inappropriate times, right? Um, because so we've all experienced that. So yeah, beginner's mind, always knowing, and, and I teach this in one of my books about, in my WTF book, um, where you become an inverse paranoid, right? The paranoid believes the world is conspiring to hurt you. <laughs> the inverse paranoid believes that the world is conspiring to help you. So shut up and listen. And when you go into a thing like TEDx Farmingdale, yeah, I know a lot of stuff. I've been around a couple of blocks, a couple of weeks. But when you got George A, George, who's done this so many times, shut up and listen. I didn't have to tell myself that. It was that at this point, it's 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 natural. It's reflexive. When you're in the presence of a master, shut up a your mouth. <laughs> And listen, which I did. And when you're in the other areas, like we had a situation where, you know, the microphones went down, everybody had to modify and adjust, and they're going to have to hold a handheld microphone. Some people were having a little bit of difficult time adjusting. So then I went into the, the mentoring, the, the, the crisis intervention mode, fueled and endorsed and sponsored by love love the only good force out there that's going to help anyone you're sponsored by love so i went into that mode right so yeah so i went in as a student i went in as a teacher and i think that's pretty much how and why i lace up my 
on sneakers every morning, you know? Yeah. Um, I gotta say, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a pretty good judge of character, but I, let's not be mistaken here. I, I think that most people are in a sense. And, and I talk about that with our speakers on, uh, that go onto our stages, how you have to be authentic when you get up on that stage, don't play a caricature of yourself or a different version of yourself because they may not know you, but they'll sniff out the bullshit right away. They'll know in that first minute if you are bullshitting them and if you are being authentic or not. And so from the moment I met you, I have to say, and I'm not, I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass, but um, that comfortability was there, right? We, we have a very similar uh, sense of humor, which I love. You're another Long Island guy. Um, but the part you mentioned about, you know, being a student one second, which again was such a tough dynamic for me because I knew what you were bringing to the table. Um, and then to turn around and, and advise me multiple times through this event on some really tough situations that we had throughout the event and then play that role the day of as that voice of reason behind the stage. Uh, I think that's why people are drawn to you and that you have worked with people from just your everyday Joe Schmo on the street to, you know, Fortune 20 companies. Um, so I, I see that in you, and I appreciate everything you bring to the table, man. I, I really do. Um, but I want to kind of go all the way back and, and kind of start talking about the journey from the beginning. So tell me about life for Dave growing up uh, on Long Island. Um, it was great, and it sucked. And it sucked, and it was great. Um, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it was really funny being in farming. I, I live, you know, in San Diego. I'm, I'm here in San Diego right now. I was in Boston yesterday morning and I'm here in San Diego, but growing up on Long Island and, and doing the talk in Long Island, like miles from my high school, not many miles from the home that I grew up in was a real trip, man. Um, it brought up some interesting thoughts and memories and feelings such that I can answer you this way. It was great and it sucked. It was great that, you know, we rode our bikes with banana seats and big V bars and stuff from our girlfriend's house and, um, you know, snuck out the back because the parents came home and life was really, really cool. I loved my first jobs, um, at my first entrepreneurial job selling cans of soda out of garbage pails at, at Little League games, uh, shoveling snow and mowing lawns, right? So I love that. It was great. That was the great part. The sucky part is my self-esteem was so low. <laughs> it was so low that when I forgot I was a piece of shit, my father was right there to remind me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and um, And so... And that was a beautiful thing, of course, because I'm one of those California weirdos who <laughs> make it believe I'm smoking a J here, who <laughs> believes that we choose our parents. And so I chose a tough military war hero, professional prize fighter, politician as a father um, to pretty much treat me like crap. Um, and whom I really wanted to get his attention. So I had to develop all these skills of communication and persuasion and influence and develop all these things to try to get him to notice me. <laughs> so that was like perfect, right? So it was great in so many regards, but it kind of sucked as a, as a low self-esteem kid. And again, I'm not playing plum, you know, poor little unfortunate me. Uh-uh. 
I asked dad at a soul level. I gave him the playbook so that I could develop the skills that I have. Of course, those skills were developed for really pathological and dysfunctional things like, please like me, please notice me, you know. But now, as a developing individual, and entrepreneurship really helped me in a large respect, as a developing individual, I step in, 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 in greatness and know that I'm a, I'm a really cool, perfect, wonderful being. God don't make no mistakes, yo. Um, but I still have those skills. So yeah. I can now use those skills fueled by service, love, compassion. What a big word. What a big word that is compassion. And, and, and being able to mentor individuals, guide, consult with, uh, in many different iterations. And it's like, I wouldn't have those skills if I didn't grow up that way on Long Island, not far from TEDx Farmingdale. So I, I want to ask you about that because it's it's such an interesting point. You know, some people look at things like that as trauma. Some people look at it as a school of hard knocks, what they had to go through to get get to that point. Um, we always talk on this show about something I call spark moments, leadership spark moments. So moments in in your life that led you down a path, good, bad, or indifferent. And so when did you realize that those moments, those teachable moments, you know, with your father and, and your family and growing up on Long Island where it sucked in that moment, when did you realize that those were moments that were going to fuel you? And did when you realized that, did it take you down a certain path. Well, I, I wish it were earlier, but then again, you know, it, it is what it is. I was actually um, deep into my entrepreneurial, my early entrepreneurial successes uh, that I realized this happily before dad passed, uh, happily before mom passed, so I could honor both of them. Um, I didn't have to give them a long long ass explanation because they wouldn't have gotten it at a certain level. You know what I mean? Yep. But to be able to love, honor and respect them and have no regrets. In fact, I'm working on another book now called No Regrets, Only Regrets. Regratitudes, not regretfulness, right? So I was able to just stay in a positive space and a loving space with mom and dad and, um, and stuff like that. But in answer to your question, um, it was after about my second business exit. Um, yeah, it was after about my second business exit that I, I came into that realization because it took a lot of work, man. It, life, <laughs> life is a is a big journey, you know. And if you approach it, kind of like we were talking about earlier, you know, as a teacher and as a student, when you approach it as an ongoing process, working on yourself. You know, everybody wants to have more, but they're not always so willing to be more, you know? Yeah. So working on yourself, working on yourself, something clicked. Um, something clicked after about, after I sold a business. I took inventory, as I mentioned in my TED Talk. That TED Talk comes from my gut, as you know. It comes from my experience, as you know. And, and so that's when, that's when things happen. It's like, yo, I am like, I'm awesome. I've been through all this shit and I not only survived, but I thrived. I'm, I'm awesome. Step into that greatness. And I did with my, with my feet in the lettuce and my head to God stood up straight 
as a, as a evolving human being. And I said, here I am. Yes, I am. I am that, that I am the ancient Hamsa. So ham Hamsa. I am that, that I am. And I stepped into my greatness and, and, um, and I, that might sound immodest. I don't care. It's, you know, I'm teamed up with, I'm teamed up with, with, with the universe. And, yeah. uh, I'm going to step into that and say, yo, I'm on a good ass team. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, so, so what was the professional goal for you coming out of, uh, let's say high school, you know, you're growing up learning all these lessons in life. You haven't really processed them yet. What did you want to do, uh, coming out of high school? <laughs> um, coming out of high school, I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be admired. I wanted to be appreciated um, so that maybe I would like, admire, and appreciate myself. That's really it. And you are talking to Forrest Gump, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Mr. Forrest Gump. I'm here. Boom. That's me. Because I did not have goals. You want to know about my goals now? I do not have goals. Not consciously. I have been carried in different directions. Now, I am a non-avaricious, opportunistic person, which is to say, I unconsciously move in the direction of opportunity. So I see opportunity, but I don't set out there, as I used to teach goal setting, um, anything you could vividly imagine, ardently desire, enthusiastically act upon, must inevitably come to pass. That is true. But I wasn't one sitting there visually imagining anything. So out of high school, I went to college. I went to college with one big ass great goal, not get drafted and have to go to Vietnam. That was my goal. And I did pretty good. I didn't go to Vietnam. I love this country. I'm one of the biggest patriots. But I protested that war as a patriot. So that was my only real goal studied psychology. Why did I study psychology? Because I was a natural problem solver with individuals, with people, with, for my mom, for my sister. I was a problem solver. I was a budding, a budding psychotherapist. So while in college, State University of New York in Buffalo, after a couple of college, opportunistically, we started a crisis intervention center, a counseling center, 24-7 suicide prevention hotline. Opportunity became available. We created it. We seized it. We learned it. We studied it. We provided a service. That wasn't an entrepreneurial venture, but nonetheless, it shows the opportunity to create something out of nothing to solve a problem. And isn't that the freaking entrepreneurial credo? So I didn't set out to, to create a counseling center where state of New York paid for our malpractice, paid for our building. I didn't set out to do that. But we pulled that shit off because opportunistic. And that just went on and on and on. Dude, my latest inventions, which are award-winning inventions, I didn't set out for that. We won the international healthcare design for innovation right after pandemic 
we didn't we we saw a problem we wanted to solve a problem burnout and turnover with emergency room doctors and nurses and shit like that and we went well what man what if we did this and we freaking created a pod with video and audio we tested it in hospitals because of people we knew and blah 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 and right now it's in every new york health and hospital in new york city brooklyn manhattan it's all over the place because we seized an opportunity we didn't create a massive goal to do that. So long-winded answer to your question, the process has not been goal-setting, but being in the flow, staying as an open channel, seeing opportunity, like I saw some amazing running backs on, on Kansas City Chiefs yesterday, seeing that opportunity and running that pattern and creating and, and scoring, some, scoring some goals on the football field, so to speak, scoring some goals. Yeah, I have to play with that one. That's pretty cool. Anyway, there we are. So, um, so when this whole process kind of drove you instead of you you're driving it, right? So when you had your first business exit, was that when you sort of realized, I'm just going to, you're saying it was sort of subconscious that, that these goals kind of came to you. Um, did you ever make a conscious decision that I am not going to be this one thing, I'm just gonna move wherever it takes me, or did it just always happen organically? That's another good-ass question, Gio. Um, no, I don't know that it was, I don't think it was at a conscious level. I honestly don't think it was at a conscious level. And, and I'm not advising individuals to go unconscious. <laughs> I'm not at all. I'm just re replaying my gig. Um, all right, let me say this. All right, I, I got to say this. This because this is this is key. I, I approach visits with you where it's recorded and it can go to many people, much like the last lecture. You ever hear the last lecture that guy Randy is like? Mm -hmm. And, and it turned out, you know, because at the university, they, they, they say, okay, this, make believe this is your last lecture. But, and it turned out to this dude, it was going to be his last lecture because he didn't know he had cancer. I approach, and I'm not dying. Well, I am dying. We're all dying. But I approach this as the last lecture. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay it down here. Um, this, there's four parts of me. I believe there's four parts of you. There's the physical part. There's the emotional part. There's the intellectual part and there's the spiritual part. And I learned this late in life, but I'm going to drop this down because it's one of the biggest things I ever learned is when you talk every morning, you say to your emotional part, it's a quadrinity. There's four, right? Quadrinity. There's the trinity, emotional, intellectual, and physical. And then there's the spiritual. When you keep the trinity, when you keep the trinity satiated, hey, emotional self, what's up with you? What do you feel? And you listen to your emotional self. And then you say, what do you need from me? And you give it, you know, emotional self is, I need you to be attentive to blah, blah, blah. Don't run away from you, whatever. Physical self, how you doing? I'm feeling good. What do you need from me? I need you to hydrate, maybe get some move. When you keep the intellectual self, hey, what's up with you? What do you need from me? We'll work down a couple of things on your to-do list. When you keep those three satiated, the spiritual self puts her hands on the steering wheel and drives you to greatness. But when your emotional or your physical is screaming for attention, I'm hungry, I don't feel well, I'm nervous, whatever, the spiritual self can't do it. So I keep those three in check. 
on a regular freaking basis. And it's amazing how lucky I get, how, how blessed uh, I am, how the opportunities I see out of my peripheral vision, how I attract, in, attract individuals <clears throat> when I have an opening in my mentoring schedule and they come in and they pay good dollars and they get great results. I attract those people. I do zero marketing in my mentoring or my, I do zero marketing in any of my business per se for me. So what I'm suggesting is when you do that quadrinity check-in in the morning, it's amazing how lucky you get through, I call it the law of attraction, one of the most understood principles in life. But, but, but do that check-in. It's freaking nuts how that happens. I do do that proactively. You bet your ass I do. Every morning I wake up and I say four things. I say, yes, please, more, and thank you. Every morning, every morning I just say it. And that keeps me in the mindset. You know, that keeps me in, that keeps me going here, such as I am, I'm a clear and open channel. And then when I meet people, they feel a vibe. They don't feel tension. They don't feel avaricious. It's like, um, what can I get out of you? How can, no, they feel love and compassion and connection and none of the other stuff, which unfortunately many quote unquote networking opportunities Many podcasts are a not-so-hidden grab for, I want this from you. I'll give you a little of this. You give me a lot. It's like, yo, whatever happened, whatever happened to community, you know? And now a word from our sponsors. Well, that's a nice song. Hey, hey, everybody. It's me, the launch dad himself, George Andriopoulos, the host of the LaunchCast, the co-host of Over My Dad Podcast. But more importantly, I'm here today on behalf of Launchpad 516 Studios, the podcast production company that makes those two shows, the one you're listening to now, and so many others possible. Now, what is Launchpad 516 Studios? Well, it's the brainchild of Launchpad 516, It's a podcast production company, and we help you from conceptualization to production to recording to post-production to monetization. The key word here, let's turn that hobby, that idea into a revenue stream. But more importantly, let's get that important idea out there and get your voice heard because that's what matters right now. Hit us up, launchpad516studios.com to find out more information. Or send us an email, podcast at lp516.com. DM me at Launchpad CEO on all the platforms. Let's chat. Let's get your voice heard. We're pretty good at this, guys. Don't let this offer slip by you. Later, guys. Hi there. I'm Lainey. And I'm Estella. 
and we're interrupting this podcast because we have a question for this audience. Do you or someone you know live with a disability or a chronic condition? If yes, you're not alone. One in five people in the U.S. do. We're the hosts of the Embrace It podcast, where we share tips, tools, and inspiration for everyday living with all types of disabilities. Our interviews with badass disability advocates will boost your confidence in all areas of life, including travel, fashion, relationships, career, and more. So walk or roll on over to your favorite podcast player and subscribe to Embrace It with Lainey and Estella. And now back to the show you were listening to, another great show produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. You're listening to The LaunchCast, produced by Launchpad 516 Studios, with me, your host, the Launch Dad himself, George Andriopoulos. Yeah, yeah and I, I I have so much to say on this, but it's, uh, it, it, it speaks to the type of person you are. We had that conversation the other day when we, when we uh, worked out the details for the interview today. Um, because we are two of those types of people, I, I believe, you know, my... I'm saying to you, hey man, this is this isn't a rinky dink thing. This is a, an Apple uh, a top sixty podcast in the entrepreneurship charts. This is going to uh, help and be of service to you. And you, in turn, said, I wouldn't care if it was a rinky dink thing because I want to be of service to you. And so, when you approach things in that uh, with that mindset, that that service mentality, um, and yeah, the same when it comes to selling and and talking. I, I'm not the used car salesman, man. Like I. And people appreciate that. And and this should be a lesson to, to those listening out there that are just getting started. Um, just be authentic. Just try and help people. Be of service. You know, the business will come. The business will come. If, if you are of service and you're offering yourself and that person can see in you that what you're offering will be helpful to them and you're not doing it with malintent or, or for personal gain, it, like... We get it. Of course, there's personal gain. It's it's money. Like we we get it, but we have to forgive ourselves of that. And I always talk about this. We have to forgive ourselves of the fact that we have to make money to be able to sustain this good work. And, and those of you out there that are listening that are at that crossroads, it's okay to build a business around this thing that makes you money, but that helps people because you wouldn't be able to help those people if you weren't able to make that money and sustain uh, to keep doing that. So I, I love this man and, and you know how, how much I, uh, you know, I care for what you do and, and what you bring to the table. Um, I want to uh, sidestep right now real quick and, and then we'll come back to everything else because it, it'll all sort of culminate in, in all your books and, um, and all the amazing stuff you do. I want to talk about personal life for, for a second. Um, I always hear you mention your lovely wife and um, talk to me about what it means to have a partner that supports your dreams. That's part one. And part two of it is as a person that is as successful as you are, um, what is that dynamic in terms of reciprocating that to your partner? Well, thank you. Anytime I have an opportunity, <clears throat> to think about, let alone talk about, uh, my beloved queen, my bride. Uh, it, it, I bubble up with uh, joy and all. No one does it alone. And yet, whereas we don't necessarily need a partner, 
most of my businesses I have partners and most of those partners have been continue to be lifelong friends of mine. Uh, in fact, of the four businesses I have right now, three of them I have partners. So partners are not necessary, but obstructionists are really deleterious. So for my most of my career, I, I was in a 32-year marriage with a wonderful person. Uh, it wasn't the right connection or fit, but a wonderful, wonderful person, right? The, the mother of my children, the grandmother of my grandchildren, and she's awesome. Um, and I still have a lot of love for her, but she did not know how to support uh, me uh, emotionally or otherwise. And so I had no support. Um, she never heard me speak early on when I was a speaker ever, nor did she ever have much support for me as an entrepreneur. Now, I uh, have in Anne an individual who is a life partner, whether it be business or, you know, we just did travel together and whatnot, just a life partner who I treat like a queen and she treats like a king. We love one another. We honor and respect one another. And um, all I can say is um, you don't need to have a partner. Make sure you don't have a negative influence in your life. But when you do, your first partner's got to be yourself, right? Your first partner's got to, you got you to be in touch with who you are. Love yourself. Forgive yourself for past transgressions. Forgive yourself in anticipation of future ones and stuff. And totally love yourself and appreciate it. That's number one. And then and only then can you attract a magnificent individual. I, rec I recommend to most a wonderful book by Alison Armstrong. It's not obscure, but it's not real popular. Alison with one L. It's called The Queen's Code. And it really talks to the difference energetically of male energy and female energy. And I have a lot of girlfriends. And some of them are single. And I remind them. That's a wonderful book to read. And if you meet a gentleman, have offer that he reads this book. If he won't read it, well, that tells you something about him. If he reads it and doesn't get it, that's okay. We're guys, we're educable, we're trainable, you know. You can, <laughs> but if he reads it and gets it, hmm, you got a contender. So, you know, my bride, Anne, I give um, with no reservation or resentment, I will do anything with and for her. And it just, I don't know, it's beyond words uh, what, what a, a beautiful connection is. Entrepreneurs, number one, avoid negative individuals around you, particularly in that situation. And if you're in a, in a marriage or whatever, talk openly, speak yeah. openly. This is what I need. What, what, what I want, what I need, this would be neutral and this would be negative. Can we put that on the table? Can we lovingly communicate? Don't just jump ship, work it out. Yeah. Yeah. Great advice. Um, uh, I want to ask you one more thing about this and then we're going to move on to the illuminated brand and, and a few other things before we wrap up. Um, did you ever have a moment and, and, and I'm, I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm asking you this because this was one of my spark moments uh, in, in my life. Um, I've talked about, you know, my my past at length uh, on, on this show, but there was a moment, and I had the same situation. I had, uh, you know, 
um, uh, my previous marriage with, you know, a wonderful person, great mom, uh, mom to my first two kids. And, um, you know, it, it wasn't a fit in terms of the entrepreneurship part of my life, which is a big part of me. Um, but at the same time, I wasn't the greatest guy uh, at the time. Um, had to learn a lot of lessons, you know, had a big fall before there was a rise again. But the rise was different because I didn't care about the rise, if that makes sense. The second time, I cared about being a good human being again. I cared about being, uh, you know, I, I look back, my, my high school yearbook photo with, with me with the long hair, the Don Juan DeMarco hair and, and, and everything. And I look at that guy, and, and at that time, I was like, that, that was one of the last times I saw that guy. That, that, that was a good kid, you know, and it, it, I'd gotten so far from that. And so the goal was not to have a rise again, but just to get back to that kid, um, find that happiness again, find that person that, that could later become of service to other people and care about uh, things other than himself. And for me, that happened when I started to rebuild everything and I realized that I needed to draw a line between my personal life and my professional life. Now, both of them, so important to me. At the time, you know, divorced dad of two little kids, the loves of my life, I had to make my entire life about them and build everything else around it. And so I, I had a hard boundary and that boundary shaped the next 12, 13 years of my life, you know, 12, 13 years later um, to the point where I am today. Did you ever have a moment where you kind of had to learn that lesson the hard way and really draw that line for yourself? Well, yeah, there are so many significant emotional events in the life of an entrepreneur. You know, how do you how do you sort of choose them? It's funny, you know. I'll I'll be writing a new book. Um, I don't know what number it is in in my library here. See that that's not a fake library behind me, by the way. I'm one of the few people who reads. I'm one of the few authors who reads more books than he writes, but I do write a number, and it will be called from commission to co-mission. Because I used to think, you know, when I was an avaricious salesman, hey, this is Dave over at Dynacam in New York. How are you? Hey, you sound great. And I would sell something over the telephone and it was incredible. And all I cared about was my commission. Uh, and then I gave up medical school to, to, to sell stereos um, on commission. But now I realize it's not commission, it's co-mission. My mission teamed up with your mission and we co-mission. That's a huge realization internally, right? Because you still get what you want, but you get it with the law of indirect effort. Right? You get it by service and love and connection and all. So, you know, I mentioned in the TED Talk uh, in Farmingdale you know, almost losing a business uh, and frankly, almost losing this magnificent, beautiful home that I live in now. Um, that was a pretty significant emotional event. So, you know, you have these wake up calls and when you stay open, when you stay open and vulnerable uh, and allow messages to come to you, because I, I am an inverse paranoid. I do believe the, the world is conspiring to help me when I stand still in meditation because uh, prayer is talking to God, 
meditation is listening, right? So when I stay present and I listen, um, good shit happens, man. And so my significant event is shut up, be, be humble, ask, embrace, make yourself an attractive Velcro to the universe's great ideas and gifts and stuff. And realize when you think you're the shit, you just stepped in shit. <laughs> so, you know, you know, you're always growing, always learning, always moving forward, falling forward, but but moving forward. Thank you, thank you to our poet in resident in residence, David Corbin here. Um, let's move on to so uh, briefly. I want to touch on real quick. Uh, we're gonna put links in the show notes. So um, if you're listening to this towards the end of 2022, this will be out uh, probably early November, I believe. Uh, but if you listen to this probably towards the end of 2022, closer to the holidays, these TED Talks will probably be out, these TEDx Talks. Um, I don't want to talk too much about this thing because it's it's such an incredible talk. Oh my God, the, the performance, amazing. I actually checked out the raw footage and uh, it was fire, man. So um, I'll update that later on, even after the show comes out. Um, uh, once the talk is released by TEDx on their YouTube channel, I will update that. I'll put the link in the show notes here. So if you're listening to this late 2022 or later on, check that talk out. Amazing talk. I want to talk about the Illuminated brand. Talk to me about it, man. Tell me what this is, um, how you're helping people. You know, <clears throat> I, I'm known, I, I'm a pretty positive guy. I've read all the positive mental attitude literature. I've shared the stage with some of the big PMA people, positive mental attitude people. But nowhere in the positive mental attitude literature does it say we should ignore negative issues. So I wrote a book called Illuminate, Harnessing the Positive Power of Negative Thinking, which says, yo, we can't solve everything we face, but we can't solve shit unless we face it. And I teach face it, follow it, and fix it. So that's one book over here. One of the things we need to illuminate, face, swallow, and fix is our personal brand. And so I wrote another book called Preventing Brand Slaughter, where one of the things you illuminate is your brand. Are you building your brand or are you killing your brand? Nothing's neutral. It's either brand integrity or brand slaughter, like manslaughter, but brand slaughter. Well, through the years, I wrote a book called this, this book here. It's pretty cool. It's called The Illuminated Brand, where I integrated preventing brand slaughter and illuminate in a story about a hospital who was living their brand. That was one of the other books, right? Bottom line is, this hospital heard that there was a virus overseas and it might come to the US and before long it's a pandemic and how are we gonna live our brand and our brand values under pressure? What do we do? How do we do that? Um, and so this book talks about how to identify and live, support, nourish, fortify your brand, even when the shit hits the fan and so it's a program that I created as a training program for individuals and corporations that is kicking ass. And I just came back from the Newberry Hotel in Boston. They were just voted the number one luxury hotel in Boston 
we did the illuminated brand there months ago and everyone there is living the brand because we had done this training program there and here's the formula and i want people to write this down because it's there it's in the book you don't need me to teach it to you in person you can do it on your own and here's what it is number one is what are your brand values your bvs what are your brand values value integrity innovation whatever next what are your ibds your intended brand descriptors how do you want people to describe you how do i want george to tell people oh yeah you want dave on your podcast because he's blank blank and blank what are the intended brand descriptors you take those then you do what we call as an abbey and that's talked about in both a number of my books it's an audit of brand integrity you make a list of the touch points between you and everyone else customers prospects vendors co-workers etc and you ask yourself in this audit of brand integrity am i living those brand values am i earning those intended brand descriptors or not brand integrity or brand slaughter but now when you see where you are yay that's great but where you're not ah now you set your sbis your strategic brand initiatives what do i need to do to be in harmony with all this good shit, right and then you close those gaps and then you create massive brand value such that people just have this feeling about you that's brand value they just well why don't you switch from that to that no i'm going to stay with this why god only knows but i ain't switching that's brand adherence you got it so that's that's the um that's the illuminated brand program and all you need to do i hope you want to do as a business as an entrepreneur is just apply that formula close the gaps other gaps i talk about on my ted talk close those gaps and now it's a no whining zone you have guaranteed freaking success and if you don't it's only because you're not closing the gaps boom mic drop i want to i want to say a couple of things before we move on to to the big three um so i'll preface this by saying david is a friend right um but a friend because he came to me as a person of service and offered himself um and and we developed a friendship that way not a friend like we grew up together which would have been impossible because he's at least 100 years older than me right um at least 100 years older than me um maybe 150 close yeah yeah something like that he it was potato farms back when he grew up on long island but anyway um number one is I love that all of your content is related. So this is not an individual that's the motivational guy that is just coming up with the rhyming acronyms and all this bullshit and just saying like, hey, here's a new idea, here's a new idea. Everything is related to each other. Yes, there may be a new title to something, a new concept, but it's because David discovered something that was in relation to the thing he was already working on that could further help that thing. So if you are looking to work with David or consult with David, whatever it is, 
this all of this is so connected. You look at the illuminated brand. There's a book. There's a uh, there's the keynotes. There's the uh, 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 the the actual work that he does for companies for corporations. All of it is related. And why do you know it's not bullshit in a sales pitch? Because he gives it away. He just gave it away here. You go onto his website, which there will be a link uh, in the show notes to the website, all the books uh, for purchase, any any contact info for Dave is all going to be there. Um, social security number, credit card numbers, all of it we're putting on the podcast notes. Um, but you go on his website, guys, and I spent, not kidding you, last night while I was doing some other work, I spent a solid two hours on his website in preparation for this to watch some video snippets, but guess what? They weren't video snippets. His entire fucking keynotes are on his website, hour-long keynotes, dozens of them on his website for you to watch. So when you see somebody that is offering that education to somebody for free and then saying, hey, if you think there's more you could learn from me, now maybe it's time we work together. Right. Um, so this is a real guy right here. Um, I 100 uh, uh, percent support this man and, and, and anybody that wants to work with him. The other side of it is these are gold nuggets and, and they are rare. Please, anybody out there that is first, you know, that is starting out, that is early on, somebody that is established and will, willing to learn. Listen back to this thing very carefully. Listen to it on half speed so you can you can really absorb. They, these are gold. These, these bombs he's dropping are gold. Listen back because this stuff is incredible. And total side note, because I know he's this kind of guy that's of service. If you are an aspiring author, you have a book you're working on, whatever, just reach out to this guy just to have a conversation. I guarantee you he will have a conversation with you just to steer you in the right direction, and you may learn some stuff that is going to be really beneficial to you as an author. Did I get everything? Boom, mic drop. You know, right, cool. I, I, I love the mentoring because when I mentor people, I don't go to them, they come to me. And I've got a cottage on the back of the property. I've got a library building on the back of the property. And they come to me and it is an intimate you know, night before dinner and then all day deep dive. Who are you? Where? What do you want? What do you really freaking want? And and whatnot. So, yeah, it's um, the intimacy uh, that we can create in business. Um, and I'm suggesting that you, George, and you who are listening, create an intimacy, a connection, because as my friend Steve Farber says, love is just damn good business. Connect commission and serve yeah that's what that's that that's what we're about amazing amazing before we hit the big three anything new you want to shout out right now that's happening um well i'm working on the coolest project in the world you know i'm um i'm now a three-time wall street journal bestseller my recent book just hit number one on wall street which is pretty cool and now I've got a book project where individuals could come in and, and, and put in a, um, uh, it's on a fee basis. They put in a chapter and because my book is guaranteed to go to Wall Street Journal bestseller, they too will become a Wall Street Journal bestselling author for the rest of their lives, which adds a level of distinction and credibility. That's a cool project. Again, I didn't come up with this. This came to me because the number one book promoter in the country is a client of mine and blah, blah, blah. Uh, 
So, so two things. Number one is, yeah, I mean, if somebody has a book and they want to get some more interest in their book by putting buy Wall Street Journal bestseller, you know, Jim Jones, whatever, that's kind of a cool thing. But the other point I want to make is remember that opportunity is all around you. Just open up your, your peripheral vision to them. That's, that's the message I want to share there. Amazing. All right, let's hit the big three. The big three from the launch cast. The big three. So I'm going to throw a couple of things at you, uh, out at you, David. You're going to give me your top three quick, concise answers for each. As quick and, and concise as you can make them. All right? Yeah. Three favorite places in the world. My home, Poway, California. Uh, Italy, um, uh, uh, Venice. The arms of my beloved wife. Love it. Three. Now this this could be a, a deep dive, but we're going to try and keep it short. Three spark moments in your life that you can recognize that led you down a very specific path, good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, I was a really good uh, baseball player as a little boy, and I knew that uh, I learned that if I keep at it, keep at it, keep at it, I can get even more better. That's number one. Number two, um, innovation, ideas, disruption is awesome. I've been doing it my whole life from, from breaking up six packs of soda and putting in garbage pails with ice and selling them at Little League on Long Island. That, that nobody was doing that. I could do that all the ways through, all the ways through to inventing the military suppliers guides and all the ways to creating the rejuvenation station um, and all and a new tech startup I'm doing. Right. So innovation is there. Keep your senses open, solve for problems. And number three, um, to just quote the Beatles, love is all there is. Yes, sir. Dave, give me your three biggest failures. I've never had a failure in my life. I've had lessons. Uh, number one big lesson uh, is uh, not betting on myself, not loving, honor, and accepting and stepping into myself. That's one of the biggest lessons. I failed to learn that early on. I learned it. It's a success. Another lesson is I am not separated from source. I am indeed part of source. I am connected to every living animal on this planet. I vibrate in connection with humans and, and plants. And, and this is science. This is not woo-woo. This is not, oh my God, that dude really did move to California. That is science. Uh, the quote-unquote failure is not recognizing it, although it was lesson and it is. And the next lesson is, hmm, okay, big, 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 you're saying failure. Um, I didn't honor the body temple, this magnificent gift that was given to me by the divine, by the greatest architect, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it. I, w I didn't honor it. Uh, God also made this amazing food to fortify this body temple. And, you know, like others, I would eat shit food instead of honor. So I now honor and, and, and do that. So I almost failed to honor the divine 
and this body temple by giving it the fortification that requires and needs. And each and every entrepreneur who's listening to this, you ain't shit. If you're eating shit, you'll never be able to accomplish anything if you are compromised in and of your health. Make sure you put the good fuel into your... I've got eight cars. None of them work on crappy fuel or gasoline. Put good fuel in. Almost failed that lesson, but I passed it, yo. Yeah, still working on that one. Working on that one at this very moment right now. Um, I'm going to cut it off right there because those were good enough. David M. Corbin, thank you, my friend, for doing this. We appreciate you so much. Thank you for everything you you bring to the table, all the value you brought to this interview, and hopefully to our audience. I appreciate you, buddy. Good to be with you. Now I got to go in the back and feed my chickens. <laughs> I'm going to put you in the green room for a second, then we'll uh, we'll we're going to wrap up the show. Be right back. How good was that, guys? How good was that? This guy is the real deal. Check out all his links in the show notes. Um, proud to call this man one of my friends. And uh, uh, when when our talks come out, uh, I'm going to talk about this a little bit more on the show. But um, this guy was very instrumental in in helping uh, helping us along this year as an advisor and as a mentor. Um, so I, I can't thank him enough for that. But uh, you know, we're going to keep rolling on the show. This is episode four of the season. We got another, oh, I don't know, 40, 50 to go for the season before we move on to season five. So buckle up, stay tuned. It's going to be a great season. We'll see you next week, guys. Launch sequence terminated. Into the black hole. The LaunchCast is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios, produced by Fabrizio Fugazi and executive produced by George Andriopoulos. Marketing and PR by Media Convergence. Theme song by Tommy Lungberg. Music and sound effects are licensed through Epidemic Sound. The LaunchCast is hosted with Podbean. Make sure to subscribe to this feed wherever podcasts are available and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts while you're at it, guys. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pandora, TuneIn, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere else that podcasts are available. Follow me, George Andriopoulos, the host at Launchpad CEO on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or follow the show at The Launchcast Show on Facebook and Instagram, or at Launchcast Show on Twitter. Visit our website, thelaunchcast.com, and make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. We'll see you next time, guys.